what's what's surprising to me, and I'm realizing now that I'm learning a lot more about you. Yeah, well, it's because you know I'm 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 learning a lot about me too, and I'm sharing it. So yeah, it's just it's it's funny. I'm just I'm losing. Like your the respect I have for you is is dropping significantly at a terribly alarming <laughs> at a terribly alarming rate. <laughs> I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. I gotta say, well, I should leave town more often because Donnie Smith did a bang back. up job. Yeah, thank you. But yeah, Donnie Smith. Last week's episode I listened to, and I uh, maybe twelve minutes in. Just I, I, I thought to my, I listened to it. I was assembling. We got a new grill, so I was putting the yeah. grill together in my garage. It was like ninety eight degrees, like one hundred two degrees outside with humidity and all that shit sweats dripping in my eyes and I'm putting the grill together and just having like a, a manly, you know, fun yeah. time, you know. And I'm listening to it and I'm laughing and I'm enjoying the conversation. And I realized about 12 minutes in that Donnie Smith is doing a really good David Himmel. I, well, Almost, yeah, that's what I, and then and then you said like, so, like yeah. 20 minutes later. But it mm-hmm. it, it was... The the anger, the like him oh. losing himself and then like coming back was just like, oh my god, are we the same fucking person? Yeah, and but like and his, over the same kind his, of stuff too. But his full on vulgarity, I thought, well, okay, maybe he replaced me too, you know, because you're we're not both, nearly as profane as I am. You don't think so? I think we're both pretty fucking vulgar. We're both vulgar, but you, it's, it's rare that I have ever heard you say cunt. I, that's the, true. On the ape cast, and that's he true. said it uh, repeatedly. He said it, it was almost like, "Is he British?" No, no, I know he's but from that was, Chicago. I know. Yeah, I but, know. It was very funny. It, I thought I laughed and laughed and laughed. I thought you'd appreciate that. No, Donnie, Donnie Joe, was great. And then the week before it was Joe, yeah. and we got into some uh, some pretty. We, I mean, it was about half of it was like, "Hey, let's talk about science fiction," and then the rest of it was like. We're both old and no one wants us and we're working, you know, it's like, and we're starting over and how do we deal with this in our lives? And it was like, wow, that, that took a turn. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. The sad white man podcast. Well, I don't think the thing is, I don't think it was sad. It's just sort of like, oh, that, that's what, did it, it sound was, sad? It was fucking sad. No. I, oh, was, okay, <laughs> no. I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't feel like it was sad, but no. I felt like it was sort of like us both. What I really liked about the conversation was it, and it, it is one of those things I wrote about, um, you know, and I will, I will admit my, my circumstances are extremely rare. I would guess my specific circumstances. I think the specific circumstance you're in right now, uh, yes. Pretty yes. pretty rare. However, the, the image, the, the idea of being near 60 or around 60 or, you know, that, and and really feeling like you have to start over and kind of look at your life and saying, what the fuck has it all been for? Yeah. I think that's actually really very common. And talking to Joe actually made me feel 
you know, not his woe made me feel better, but it was sort of like, all right, yeah, I guess, I guess I understand this a little, I, I've got a little bit better perspective on it. So that was cool. Well, yeah. But I mean, we, you know, it's like Dave Perner said, you know, misery loves company. Yeah. We, sh- we should start a company and make misery. And make Frustrated yeah. Incorporated. Uh, no, but I mean, there is like, there is, uh, what is it? Um, insight to a, sh- to a shared feeling. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you know, birds of a feather help, help you see better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, uh, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. And so you, uh, well, I missed you and, uh, and you were in Cannes and Madrid or Monaco. Where the fuck were you? Dude, and, yeah, it was. So give here's us a, a brief recap of that experience. So this was for work. This is for a client, international client. They've got, they have international clients and this event that yeah. they were having was for their international clients to like showcase the work that they've done over the year and da 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 and it's all like tech based stuff. Um, and they alternate each year this big conference between North America and Europe. And usually it's Cannes and like Miami Beach. You know, okay. nice, tropical, beautiful places. Yeah. Um, so this particular year, which is the first one back since COVID, Mm-hmm. It, it was in Cannes. So we flew from Chicago to Newark, Newark to Nice. And then okay. Nice is like, you know, half an hour drive um, or, you know, train ride, whatever. But like maybe, I don't know, 30 miles away, 20 miles away yeah. from from Cannes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cannes, as I, you know, you know, re- re- reported on the Apecast, is gorgeous. I mean, the the... Beaches are beautiful. The water is, it's on the Can Bay, which is right off the Teherian Sea. It's all Mediterranean waters. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not like, they're not warm like the Caribbean water, like, they're, but they're crystal clear blue. They're, they're not cold. They're just like, they're, they're nice. Like they're refreshing, but like the temperature, there's no clouds. It's like 80, 81 every day um, because of where it is on the earth. The days start really early. And they don't, and they just last. Like, the sun doesn't yeah. set to, like, 9.45 at night, 10 o'clock. I mean, it's, and so you have these, like, long, beautiful sunsets and long, beautiful sunrises, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. All that said, you know, I did spend some time bumming around and, like, taking in parts of the city, mostly the, the uh, what is it called? The, uh, course, uh, not the croissant, that's racist, the... <laughs> It's well, you know, like the main boulevard, um, the Dan, uh, Don even said it last week. Anyway, I can't think of what it's called. I'm out of France. My brain has like shifted. Here's the thing is I got in country and I know enough French, you know, like merci and bonjour and bonsoir and like, you know, the greetings kind of stuff. And thank you. And do, do all you, that. Now, now, when you do it, do you say it like uh, Maurice Chevalier? Bon. Yeah, Bonjour. I mean, like, total, it's you, you mumble. The French mumble. The majority merci of the language is... Merci, just Merci, merci. Uh, bonjour. Bonsoir. Oh, see, like, so it's you say very, it that way. Yeah. So you do, the, you do the small... I would do it. I would do the, you know, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you would get your ass kicked. Croissant. <laughs> Malemo. Boo, boo, boo. Yeah, that's... That, yeah. Because... Yeah. So, but it took I've been me to like, France, and that's exactly what I did. And they all looked at me like I was a fucking idiot. But yeah, that's because they were looking at me like I was a fucking idiot anyway. So, not like not an idiot, like hog? you were a fucking American. That's just yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, why not go whole hog? You but know, I, if you're going to do it, go for it. I'm not going to make any friends over there. It took me like four days to stop immediately saying replying with Spanish 
because that's like my go-to foreign language. It's what I know more okay. of. It's where I, you know, most of my, my late, lately, my international travel has been to Mexico, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, it was, it was a beautiful time. Um, and then, but then we had to work then like, you know, we had to put the show together and like, then shit yeah. really picked up. And then my job, cause I'm not the production crew. So it was a lot of yeah. setup. So I had free time. I went to this kick-ass record store, um, with a buddy of mine and we bought some cool records. I bought, um, the one I'm most excited to listen to is f- f- punk, French punk anthems from 1980, 1977 to 1982. Oh, that's awesome. No fucking idea what that could possibly be, but like, yeah right <laughs> like where else yeah. am i gonna find that record and that's pretty rare yeah yeah it's um, pretty unique and yeah just bummed around town and met some really cool bartenders that just everybody's just really it was it was great had a, had a lot yeah, of everybody's fun chill and then well, when it was a very time to tourist work, heavy yeah that's yeah. a very tourist heavy part of france and france is pretty tourist heavy but that particular and, place being yeah. american is not automatically a a, a red flag because everybody mm. Is no. coming from all over the world, yeah. Yeah, and we were sandwiched in between um, the Cannes Film Festival, which was a couple weeks ago, and Cannes Lion Festival, which is happening, like, right after we left. So, last week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, and then we were in the ballroom, you know, then it was showtime, and it was just... So, it was, yeah. like, long days and nights of yeah. drinking and doing some work, and then long days of working really, really hard and then yeah. squeezing in a few drinks and some food for like an hour and a half, two hours before we crash. And then we have to get up in three hours to do it all over again. Yeah. Um, so when did you get, when did you get, uh, ass COVID? So that was, yeah. So that was in can on Tuesday, like Tuesday night. I was like, Oh, I need to guys. I need to go to bed early. And everyone was like still at the table. Yeah. Hanging out in the hotel bar. And I'm like, I'm going to split guys. I'm time to get a good night's sleep. And they're like, what the fuck? Are you going to drink with other people? And I was like, that is a great question. 100% on brand. Uh, But no, like, I'm just, I'm going to go to sleep. And I got upstairs and like, just bad bubble guts. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then that night, like I had the night sweats and kept getting up to to shit and... It was you ate you it ate was some ugly. bad seafood, man. You had some I, bad seafood. I think that I had, earlier that night we had we went down to the beach, one of the beach clubs, and after the show wrapped for the day, and we had like ordered a bunch of food, just and there yeah, was like a yeah. salmon platter, like sushi, you know, just like raw yeah. salmon. I think I think it was that. Of course it was. So, yeah, that makes total sense because you're still suffering from that. Yeah, I mean it's been over a week now. And it's better. It's better. But I'm going to see my doctor next week anyway for a follow-up on some other shit, and I'm going to ask him about it. Um, But yeah, so we were in Cannes for a couple days, and then we left Cannes. um, And then two guys, the executive producer and their video director, we went... Those guys are like best friends for years. Um, And so I came along kind of like a third wheel. Like I, I never felt like a third wheel, but like whatever like it was just like this really cool like three buddies hanging out in yeah. munich and munich as i again reported on the apecast yep fucking great town wish i had more time there um it's beautiful the architecture is incredible and gothic and so old and but also new you know because they had a f- it kind of got bombed out 
you know. Yeah, well, you for know, it's one years. of the things. Every time, every time I go to Europe, but and and it's specific to Europe. I mean, there are plenty of countries I've been to, but Europe is always any place in Europe uh, that I've been, and I've been to a lot of places in Europe. But I always get this chill vibe of like you know, America is still like as a country, we're still just a bad hair day for China. You know, I mean, we're yeah. been around for thousands of years. We're nothing. It's you know, not even 300 years. It's like, oh, that but teenager, some, like, just shut yeah, up, yeah. teenager. I mean, that's 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 what we are. Yeah. And But then you get to, like, you get to London or you get to Rome. They've been around for so fucking long that there's just this relaxed sort of, like, we don't give a shit kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's there's something nice about that, that, being in that age, in that aged wisdom or whatever you want to call it. Not that you know I think what necessarily it is? like the French people are wise it, on the whole, but the city has that feeling, I guess. Well, it's, you know, Europe is the, it's in America, it's the old bull and the young bull. You know, Europe, yeah. it, you know, the old bull and the young bull at the top of the hill and they're looking down on a field of cows and the young bull says to the old bull, hey, let's run down there and fuck one of them cows. And the old bull says, no, no, let's walk down and fuck them all. Yeah, <laughs> you know America is the young bull, like let's fuck all, let's fucking run and fuck one of those cows, and Europe is the old bull going. Let's calm down, yeah. You know, calm down. So you know, Europe has had its shit. Like they went through a lot of terrible, terrible shit over and over and over again for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, it's 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 why when it's why when I when I when I hear people talk about how how oh America's over and the end of democracy and all this shit, I'm like, you know. Guys, uh, England almost, I mean, England was bombed to fucking shit during World War II, and they're still just fine, you know? I mean, Yeah, but the issue with downs. that is, like, to quote, to paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, yeah, you know, it won't be an enemy from outside that destroys us, we will destroy ourselves from within. And that's the well, difference that's true between about every, your that's analogy. True. Well, but, but that's your analogy, true about that's the difference country. between your analogy. Well, that's, but that's the, true about every Right, but Every the comparison country. you're using right now is oh, London got bombed. Com- yeah. Yeah. Like, I think if America I mean, got bombed... Look, when we were attacked on 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, we, dude, we were stronger. Dude, you know, we, dude, we need dude, to be bombed tell out. Tell me... Okay, you've been, you've been to London, yes? No, I've not been to London. Okay, but you've been to Europe. Yes. And tell me that Germany and, and, and Britain... Let's yeah. just look at the look, the sizes of those countries yeah. and the distance between them. Tell me that's not like Alabama going after Illinois. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. It, it yeah, it was a different country, but then again, so's Alabama from Illinois. It's like a different motherfucking country. Yeah, except without the United. I mean, there's more of a united front with the states. The states are different countries. Like, how different well, yeah. is California from, that's you know, fair. shit, yeah, Arizona, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're people. I mean, Texas is an example right Texas now. Texas is Holy a great fuck. example, Jesus, yeah. Jesus Christ, the Texas GOP have gone so fucking off Good the radar. God. All right, before we get into that, because I, I, I have a feeling that'll probably be in the Rorschach of the news. Um, one of the things during... Uh, during uh, your your away was you asked me how I was doing. You sent me some pictures. I've got some some photos of you on the beach looking you know looking fine before before you get the shits. <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, how are you doing? I said I'm good. I realized after talking to Joe for the Apecast that old men starting over is not uncommon. Also, I was creating too much power in the possibility of running into Dana. That's fucking silly. I'm much more relaxed. 
and you said, running into exes has always been my greatest fear. I said, yep, it was like I was hiding from her as if I did something wrong. There's the long, there's the long-term effect of a partner who spent most of her time disapproving of me, not going to do that shit anymore. And you said, I want to talk more about this. That's the long-term effect of a partner who spent most of her time disapproving of me. I said, so, so let's, uh, let's, let, you want to talk about yeah, it? Let's, so let's my get qu- into that. Yeah. My question is, it was Dana that spent most of her time disapproving of you. Because I know that happened with Alice. I know it's happened. Yeah. Actually, it's really just but, been, I mean, in, like extremely, Alice was very obvious about it. So that was, yeah. like she would just write okay. up in her face. I mean, she would say right to my face, you know, I don't like you. Right. I don't like this about you. I don't like that about you. Did Dana, Dana ever do that? What was Dana's? Well, Dana, I never Dana got had, that from, I was, you know, I always thought yeah. that you got, you and Dana, I never thought you were lying to me or putting on a no, front. Like the, if, the, if you and Dana were like fighting or something or she was making you an, miserable or annoyed you would say it be like ah yeah no you know. no she didn't make me miserable or annoyed i accepted a lot of things one of the one of the it was almost a a meme or a joke or commonality in the seven and a half years was that i would tell her she would do something or say something it was uh like she was embarrassed by or she you know like the dumpster diving i was like i don't want to you know and i i would say i love you exactly the way you are i wouldn't change anything about you and I, and then there'd be a pause and you, I would say, and you want to change everything about me. And she'd laugh. That's women, dude. Well, no, it's not. I no, firmly it, believe actually, women fall in love with so us that's for why, who we are. Yeah. And the minute they get us or we give ourselves to them, however you want to put it, then they're like, oh, let's change him. And then they become annoyed because we didn't become the man they thought they wanted us to become. That they were trying to make us. It's and, and that's your, twisted. See, that's only been my experience with two of my long-term relationships. I did not uh, get that from my first wife, and I did not get that from my second wife. I, I mean, things didn't work out, but that's different than sort of like, uh, like just a, a pretty much a daily, this annoys the shit out of me about you, and I'm going to keep harping on you about yeah. it. There's because... a there's a great line in a Ben Fold song where he's um, it's called "You Don't Know Me" and he sings with Regina Spector and there's the line goes something like, um, "If if I'm the person who you think I am, foolish chump you seem to think I am, why the fuck would you want me back? It's because you oh, don't wow. know me, you know." And it's like, yeah, yeah, like if I'm so fucking awful, why are you with me? <laughs> why, well, and then the know? thing, <laughs> the sense... find somebody else. Well, that's the thing is, is set you me know, now free, that, sweet woman. Now that the gloves are off with our relationship, it, it, it and it was one of the things that I always kind of felt um, was that 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 Dana settled for me rather than wanted me, and that turned out to well, be. Well, I think what we you know, know is Dana chose you as the next. Uh, she's a symbiote. She needed a host body. Well, okay, that's you know, I, I I don't know how fair that is, but you're, sure, you're you Peter know. Parker. She's Venom. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, that's one way of looking at it. Um, I I think, I, I guess I can't be that. <laughs> I can't I can't read or, that much malice into it. <laughs> or you're uh, uh shit. What's his name? Uh, Cassidy, and she's Carnage. How about that? Maybe that's uh, you know. You know, I, I again, I don't. Th- I think that that reads too much malice in it. I really don't think there was malice in there, so I can't be upset about it. But no, we're talking but about Dana, the- not Alice. 
No, I'm talking about Dana too. I don't think you there said was malice. malice. Oh, got it. Yep. Welcome to the I podcast. Don't it, I don't think it was <laughs> malicious. I think it was thoughtless, um, and I think it was maybe a little desperate. But that was one of the things I always kind of felt because I was never the guy she wanted to be with. Yeah. I was the guy she settled to be with because of whatever, a variety of reasons. And so I constantly felt, I mean, you know, I think I've told you this. It's one of the things, uh, one of the things I wrote when I was doing writing the fiction that, that really struck me. And I went, oh, that's great. Is that, you know, when you, when you put somebody who's a, uh, uh, a rocky romantic with yeah. uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey romantic, it's not going to work out. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, because... Hang on. Well, I mean... Are, in what way is she Fifty Shades of Grey? Because I'm having this moment where I feel like I need to defend Dana as a, as a writer. Because Fifty Shades no, of no. Grey is a pish No, book. no, I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about the writing. I'm talking about the romance. Oh, the, I wrote it. Gotcha. Okay. The, the, your view okay. of romance. Her, her view of romance was, was hypersexualized... Uh, Often bordering on pornographic, you know that that's that's that was her romance language, yeah, and that's not mine. And one of the things I wrote, I wrote about uh, Rocky, the Rocky, because I watched all six Rocky movies, yeah. Um, and one of the things that uh, it occurred to me was like one of the first getting to know you kind of things she and I did was show me a this movie last week, yeah, yeah, show me a movie, and she showed me Dog Tooth, which is fucking weird. It's a great movie. I mean, that's thing. It's not. Not a, not a, a slam on her or the movie, but it is fucking weird. And these kids in this house that are grown people, but they still think they're children because they've been living in this cloistered, you know, clandestine by this this patriarch who's kind of an evil genius, whatever you want to call him. And sex is their only way of kind of really expressing themselves. And if you look at it from her angle, it's a coming of age story of the oldest girl, yada yada yada. And I showed her Rocky. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, that says right there, this is, these are two people that are so diametrically different in their views toward the world and how things, you know, uh, what, what they really value in the world. Yeah. And you put those two people together and it's, it's fucking remarkable. We lasted seven and a half years under that. But, uh, I would argue, I would argue that that's mostly, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be, uh, self-effacing or, or self-aggrandizing, but I would say that, uh, that that has much to do with my patience that I learned over the course of two other failed marriages. It's like yeah. being patient with people, and I was very patient. Um, you know, but yeah, she, she very rarely... It was a little bit of a Stockholm Syndrome thing where on one day it would be, I'm fat and I have shitty teeth, and I'm an old man, and I'm boring... <laughs> And then the next day, I'm a superhero, and I'm smarter than most people, and you know, and I'm a great writer. It's like, and then the next day, it's slap, and then tickle, and slap, and then tickle, yeah. and so kind of a Stockholm syndrome situation. It's like, all right, I get it. I mean, I totally get it. Again, no ill will. No, I really don't. I don't have any anger about any of it. It's just sort of like getting out of it and recognizing that that I spent. Uh, really, when you consider Alice for four years and then Dana for seven and a half, the better part, a little more than a decade, being yeah. with women who who f liked me on some levels, but for the most part would prefer I was someone else. Yeah. And, and that does a fucking number on you. 
I mean, yeah. after a while, it does a number on you. And even my mom was like, oh, I can start seeing you. My mom said she, she saw this throughout Alice and through Data, which is why she would always say, remember who you are. Mm-hmm. That would be my mom's admonition. Remember who you are, because she was seeing me lose yeah. the battle, you know, and uh, didn't know how uh, to address it. Yeah. There was a moment when I was with Bree. I was driving her to work. This is I was like mostly unemployed. Like I was I was freelancing from Tribune and Metro Mix and the Red Eye and that kind of shit, making fuck all. Like I was spending more in, you know, parking meters than I was in what I was getting paid for the story kind of shit. I know. Anyway, I know that I'm so doing like, that life right now. <laughs> part of, but I was living with her and she was covering the rent because I moved into her place that she could already afford. She was making 175 grand a year. Like she was fine. Yeah. She was, so my way, dude, one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars a year is not fine. That is fucking. She wasn't amazing. even thirty yet. Yeah, like yeah, she yeah. Was, that's ridiculous. Yes. So you can't do that anymore unless you're on TikTok and you're showing your tits. So or you're an attorney for a big corporation. You know. Okay, fair. You know, fair. I mean, the, the old the old standbys still exist. You know. Yeah, they do. All right, that's fair. Um. But so my way of like pitching in is like, I will take care of the house. Like I basically became like a 1950s housewife. Like I would drive her to work. I would keep the house clean. I can't, you know, canceled her cleaning person that came through, you know, what, like, what can I do other than bringing the money to help pitch into the family household? Right. Yeah. So one day driving her to work, we were getting out at Belmont onto Lakeshore Drive, which is like three minutes from the apartment. And... Dude, I don't. I couldn't tell you what the fuck. We were like quiet. We were listening to the radio. There was no conversation that had happened before. This is not a carryover. And she just yeah. she looks at me and goes, "Why can't you be? Th- no, oh no. Why do you have to be so thin? In that kind of shitty asshole tone. Like, why did you have to punch my grandpa at dinner? You know, like, yeah. like it's something I made a choice to do. And I was like, what the fuck? My first instinct was. Because I know why she asked it. She was feeling bad about herself because she felt that yeah. she was bigger and what, which she yeah. wasn't at the time. She got that way, but that's just a fact. Hey, I really dodged a cannonball with her. Yeah. So, but no, like my first instinct was like, <laughs> well, why do you have to be so fat? Because that's it's not. Oh about my me god! Being, I didn't is, say that. Of course, I didn't say okay, it. Okay, good. Thank God. But, Holy shit. But, like, the issue isn't about me being thin. The issue is about her and her issue, her weight issues with whatever. So I know that it was more about her own weight and that she, because she'd said so to me before, like, that she wants to lose weight and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, do your thing. Like, I think you're great. And I meant that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So there's this this twisted way of, and so I, I, drove, her to, I drove her to work and was just like, I, I don't choose this, Brie. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I wish I weren't so thin sometimes too. I, I what, what I wouldn't give for Don Hall's arms. I don't know who Don Hall is yet, but I want his fucking arms. You know, like. <laughs> so driving back without her in the car I was just like, what do I do with this? Like, I can't let shit like that continue because I feel like crap right now. I feel like it's my fault that my genes are the way they are. Oh yeah, that, no, and 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 the question is. And that's the question. And apparently, uh, in my later stages, post forty, uh, my choices have been. And I don't know if this is comes from two failed marriages or 
what, you know, whatever deep-seated uh, self-esteem issues I think I may have. I don't know. what. Fuck it. I don't know. But for some reason... And I'm too damn confident to take a look and find out. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, exactly, right? And, no, I, and, I'm and, kidding, but yeah. It, you know, but yeah, but it's, it's it's one of the things that no, they look yeah. at it, It's like, wow, I put up with that from Alice for four fucking years um, where she just was just obviously hateful to me. I mean, yeah. everybody saw that. That was the thing. Everybody saw how hateful Alice was, and I, I did. I lost. I feel like I was in like an old man who had osteoporosis because I, I lost two inches. You know, I was yeah, like yeah. walking around, and uh, and then with with Dana, and again, Dana wasn't. I mean, she had she had ways of dealing with uh, what I will what I can say now was probably the result of some duplicity um, from yeah. the very beginning, from the very beginning of the of the marriage. Um, some duplicity and she was feeling pressure and, and what she would do is she would either completely lose her shit and, and sob, like just wail and sob. And, you know, the thing about it is when I would ask what's wrong, she would say, there's nothing wrong. I just need to let it out. It's sort of like sweating. It's just like, I got to get this out of my system, which I can look back and say, yeah, that, that was probably not true. There mm-hmm. were definitely reasons for it, but she didn't want to tell me what those reasons were because they were, they would devastate the marriage. Um, and then the other thing she would do is she'd get a little drunk and get real mean mm. and say really, really awful, like really awful things. And I would explain to her, you know, that I can't, you know, she goes, Oh, don't pay attention to anything I say. It's like, you said it. I can't get rid of it. It's, it's yeah. not like it's going to go anywhere. It just sits there and yeah. makes me feel like shit. And one of our jokes was she would say, sorry. And say you don't have to apologize unless you're mean to me. That, and that was a pretty consistent saying that we had in the household was, you don't have to apologize unless you're mean to me, and I'll let you know when you hurt my fucking feelings, which yeah. was pretty much weekly. You know? and See, it's like, I had all right. no idea of this. Not that it was any of my business. I just feel like this is, like, for all the complaining I do about my, my yeah. domestication, you never were like, yeah, man, today Dana was just being a, or Dana and I, or I was being a, like, there was never any of... Well, because I didn't like, frustrate me. It was just, it was the, it was, it was buy the ticket, take the ride. You yeah. know, it's, it's, you know, my tattoo. It was like, you know, this is the person that I married and I love her deeply. And she's got some idiosyncratic uh, ways of approaching her own stress. Yeah. And it usually has something to do with taking it out on me. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to bitch about that because. I've married her. I'm, we're married. We're staying married. This is the this is the gig. We'll work those kinks out, and it's not anybody else's business. Uh, you know, I, it's not like I walked around for seven and a half years going, "I'm so abused." I'm not Amber Heard. I'm so abused. <laughs> hey, 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 he stepped on a bee. Well, you know, I none of that. Um, <laughs> that's that's from the actual trial. Uh, sorry, I, I know too much of that shit. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not like I was, I was this downtrodden, abused, you know, hated upon husband. And I just was lying to everybody about how miserable I was. No, cause no, I wasn't see, that, miserable. That was me with Bree. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> miserable. Um, I, you know, I just was kind of navigating some, uh, some waters I didn't entirely understand. And, and, and that's on, funny though, that, that after... on purpose, I, I, the, the thing about it is, if I had known at the time that 
she was feeling the way she did from the very beginning, and that yeah. was sort of the circumstances, then I would have, I probably would have been able to figure it out a little bit better. And I don't know if we'd have stayed married, but I definitely would have addressed it in a different way than I did because I just didn't understand why she'd say terrible things or harp on me. I mean, some things. Some things, you know, spouses harp on, you know, you just drive her crazy that I would do yeah. the dude thing, which I'd open the refrigerator and just stare just at it. Just stand there. You know, yeah. she drove her fucking crazy. You know, what drove, and that what drove me but crazy not- is that she would consolidate all the chips. So you'd have like a bag of chips, but instead of it being like, here's some Doritos, it'd be like Doritos and some Cheez-Its in there and oh, some no. Chex Mix. What the and fuck? That's, She's she a monster. Up, she complained. Carnage. It drove me. It carnage. drove me insane. I was right. She is carnage. But those aren't. But those aren't. But those like aren't deal like breakers. flaws. Those yeah. aren't marriage. Those are just yeah. like those annoying are, just or like, idiosyncrasies, just, cutesy things. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Exactly. But what's What's surprising to me, I, and I'm realizing now that I'm learning a lot more about you. Yeah. Well, it's because you know I'm. I'm I'm learning a lot about me too, and I'm sharing it. So of yeah. course, it's just it's it's funny. I'm just I'm losing like your the respect I have for you is is dropping significantly at a terribly alarming <laughs> at a terribly alarming rate. <laughs> well, you know it's very funny because my sister said something um, when we were having a conversation about this when I went to Kansas, and my sister said the nicest fucking thing. She said she said Donnie. She said, you have to understand that you're the kind of man I want my daughter to marry mm. because you are so kind and the women in your life, you're so forgiving and thoughtful. And you're, you're a sucker. Kind of, you're a well, uh, and, and, and when it comes to women, apparently that is the case. That is one way of looking at it is I'm a little bit of a doormat when it comes to you the women You can take an emotional punch again and again. That's why you love Rocky, Donnie. That's what it goddamn is. Goddamn right. You're goddamn right. That's well, what's why funny is like, you know, after Alice, it, that you were like, you spent seven years dealing with similar shit from Dana. Yeah. You know, after, after Brie, I... I was done. Like I didn't ever want to be even close to a position where I could put myself in a in a vulnerable way in that yeah. where somebody could look at me and say, "Why do you have to be so thin?" Or, you know, your parents screwed you and your brothers up because they gave you sugared cereal before school. You know, yeah. What the, f- what the fuck? I like. Where's the science on that? But okay. Weird. Just weird shit. Um, on top of all the other, just yeah. Um, and again, I, w- I have to preface this. I don't even know if it's a preface at this point, but yeah. you know, remind, I was not the perfect boyfriend during those times. I one hundred, oh, no. yeah. you know. But anyway, so that's why I get when Katie, because I can remember thinking when Katie asked to brought up the idea of us moving in together, and I flipped yeah. out and was like, "Oh my god, yeah, if I, I move in, yeah. that's it. Like I'm going to marry her. We're going to have kids. Like this is the because I'm not doing this shit again." Yeah. But one of the things that I kept coming back to is. Katie is so nice and she's so good to and like seems to really actually like me and and, and then you got like, married and found out that it was all a lie. She it was didn't all really a fucking like lie. Yeah, all. right. So like when she gets like you know critical of me, even when it's valid, because a lot of times it's not. Yeah. But sometimes it it sometimes very well it's is dead on. Absolutely. And even when it is good criticism. 
And even when she delivers it the right way, where it's constructive versus just criticism. Yeah. Because there's mostly, when it comes to criticism, she's more Stacy than she is Katie. Got it. But when Katie gives criticism, it's still, it's like, at risk of sounding like a, you know, old Gen Z young millennial, it, there's a triggering that happens. And I, there's some PTSD shit that I, I think it's completely obvious. I still carry that shit from my first three years well, in Chicago. And here's something you're talking about, the things that you, that you lose respect, and I don't lose respect for you, but it's, it's, no, it's I, <laughs> and I, I know you're joking. But, uh, the I'm thing not, that but I let's keep laughing. At, the thing that I recognize is that, that and, and, and that kind of criticism, and, and I would argue that my ego is so big <laughs> that, I can, that, I can, that I can take the fucking hits. You know, yeah. that, that, that criticism for the most part, you know, it doesn't really bother me. Um, but when it was the same criticism over and over and over, it would start to fucking wear on me. And you, on the other hand, your ego is fragile enough that you, well, that you have a really hard time with it. Well, my ego is only fragile at home. Out, yeah. Outside of the home, like, put me on a stage, submit my writing, get, you know, put me at, at yeah. work, whatever. Like, yeah, I have fuck no me. fucking yeah. ego. Like, oh, I fucked that up? Cool, let's fix it. Oh, how can I do better? Like, how can I do better? What can I learn from this? How- yeah, because I understand well, the creative process means and, you have to murder your ego if you're ever going to be and, any good and, at and, this. And the the fine line, um, and I will say this as someone who has failed, sort of failed. I mean, failed a uh, bigger failure, and then like a fucking thermonuclear war failure of marriage. Yeah. So take anything I say about marriage with a grain of salt, but I would say that's the fine line is being able to take that kind of battering that kind of constant criticism learn from it and still not have it beat you down yeah you know and and uh that's the master disappointment that's i mean it all comes back to mastering disappointment yeah when speaking of mastering disappointment um uh it, it is official um i wrote about it i told you about it I am officially leaving Las Vegas. I'm not going to do the Nicolas Cage alcoholic thing because he did it better than I would. Okay. You know, yeah, because let's know. see you find Elizabeth Shue to fall in love with. Him. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no not no, going to happen. No, no. Uh, but, so uh, that's yeah. exciting. You know, I'm, well, I'm definitely not going to do the, hey, I'm going to couch surf for a year. Yeah. Because I thought about that. Um, and then I was watching Pulp Fiction and, you know, there's a scene in the restaurant and Jules is like, I'm going to be like Kane and walk the earth and Vincent says, so you're going to be a fucking bum. Yeah. And I, I'm watching it and going, well, Jesus Christ, Vincent Vega, you're talking right to me. And I went, okay, yeah, okay, maybe that's not the greatest idea. I mean, you know, and then I also recognize that I'm not good at aimlessness if I don't have a thing to do. And part of that's part of been my struggle with Vegas is that. Yeah. There's, you know, it's it's like I could create sort of my version of WNEP and Literate Ape. I could keep doing Bug House and stuff like that. But here, it's such a small fucking town. If you divorce it from the fucking casino business, it's such a small, tiny town yeah. that, I, that not only would I have to create the shows and the stuff, but I'd have to create a market for it as well. And I'm 56 and, and I, and I don't like the area. That was one of the things I had to realize was like, all right, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to hitchhike across the, <laughs> I'm not going to do my Kerouac too old for that. Um, and then it was like, all right, so then the second choice is, do I stay in Vegas? And it's easy to stay here. But then I also realized 
there's not really any jobs here that I like. You know, mm, I mean, there are yeah. jobs, and I'm doing a lot of remote work anyway, so I don't have to be here. Right. And one of the things that I really had to recognize, because there for a while it was like, oh, I don't like Vegas because it took Dana from me. But then I started looking around. No, it, and I but actually, it didn't. It wasn't Vegas I, that did I know. That. No, it, it wasn't. And I, I, I got out of that sort of loop yeah. and started looking at Vegas, and I started going around, and I realized I don't like going anywhere here because... Every place that I go, every place to go to, I've been there and had a great time with Dana. Yeah. And then, then I started to think about, okay, so why did I come to Vegas? Why did we come to Vegas? And part of it was because we got married here and there was a certain romantic, romantic nostalgia to it. Sure. And then I realized, oh, Vegas was a place for Dana and I. Mm, there is yeah. no more Dana and I, so there's nothing here for me. I yeah. don't like the casino industry. Um, I, I, I really don't. I don't like, you know, having worked in it for a year and a half. I, I realized, yeah, this ain't for me. I don't want to work for a casino. I don't like, you know, it just, you know, I don't like the tourists because they're drunk and stupid assholes. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm not into that. Everything is expensive. There's one bookstore, you know, I mean, it's just not, it's, there's nothing here for me. Yeah. And so I went, all right, well, with that decision, so if I'm not going to stay here, I've got two more months of my lease, what the fuck am I going to do? And then I thought, well, let me take a look at where I haven't lived before. It has to be in the United States while my folks are still alive. So I started looking around, and I realized that the, I've lived on the East Coast, I've lived in the South, I've lived in the Midwest, I've lived maybe not the full West Coast, because I'm not going to live in California, but I've lived in the desert, you know. I've never lived in the mountains. And I went, let me do a little exploration of Denver. And I started looking at Denver, and Denver's got all the stuff that I miss about Chicago. It's got neighborhoods. It's got bookstores. It's got a small arts community. It's got a ton of nonprofit do-gooders. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, it's like everything that I love about Chicago. It's got, it's got James Ford. It does have James Ford, as a matter of fact, you know? And so it's like, it's like, all right, so my goal is Denver, but I also have to recognize that my dad is, I mean, he's not on death watch yet. I mean, the guy's made of fucking iron, so he might last, outlast us all. But he's in rough fucking shape. I mean, he's yeah. doing dialysis three times a week. He's kind of miserable. He can't walk anymore. Um, he, he's, his, he started having this massive pain in his back when I was there and we couldn't figure out what it was. Well, what they figured out is that his, his, his blood vessels are, are popping all over his body. He's Ooh, leaking like a fucking, yeah. yeah, you know? And, and so it's like, okay. Um, so one of the things that I take very seriously is I'm absolutely looking for a job in Denver. And if I get one that, that, that is significant and I like, then I'll move to Denver, which is still closer to my folks. But the other yeah, what thing is that is drive from Kansas City to, or from Denver. from from Denver Denver to to Wichita? Oh, Wichita, is about right, sorry, a, it's, it's about a ten hour drive, and okay. so that's a day. You know, I can get that done in a day. Easy. Well, but it's better than um, the than two days, you know, twenty two yeah, hours. Twenty two hours, yeah, yeah, from Vegas. The other thing is the other thing I'm thinking about is if I don't find that the job that I want, then I am going to move home, and I'm going to help my mom with my dad because she doesn't have. 
she's kind of stuck in a loop and she doesn't, you know, she didn't complain about it, but I can see it. She has a really hard time having any kind of a life because she's got to take care of my dad. He needs somebody there most of the time to take care of him. And so she doesn't really have, she can't go and do things. And when she does, she feels bad because she's not there with my dad. And so one of the things I recognize, and my dad, when I was there, uh, visiting you know after the divorce one of the things that i I, I'm just talking to my dad and i realized the only time he ever gets out of the house is when he goes to dialysis because mom doesn't want to just drive him around because she's trying to do other stuff you know trying to do her church stuff and all that kind of stuff and so one of the one the one day all right though then sunday this is before i came back to vegas i said you and i are just going to hop in the prius and I'm just going to drive you around Wichita. You tell me where to turn. I'll turn. We'll go wherever you want to go. Yep. And so we drove, we drove around for about two hours. And then he started fading. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting real tired. I'm, I, I gotta, I, I'm not feeling so good. And I said, okay, let's go home. And we started to go home. And he says, hey, wait a minute. That's Edgemore. I said, yeah, that's Edgemore, the street. He goes, turn left. And so we go down into this residential area and we go to his old buddy, Wally. And Wally is dying of cancer. He's kind of housebound. But he hadn't seen Wally in like eight months because neither one of them can leave their house. So we went and sat on Wally's porch. Oh, that's great. And Dad and Wally, they talked like he got a second, third, whatever wind. And they they talked for two hours to the point that my mom started getting worried about us. You know, oh, that's and it was like, awesome. okay. Man, that is you know? fucking it was great. Like, it was a really good thing, and it was, yeah. I felt really good about it. And I thought, okay, if I'm actually staying there, there are some win-wins. Number one, I can do that kind of stuff for my dad. I can give my mom a bit of a break. Um, I can shepherd this experience that at some point is going to turn to hospice. Um, and on the flip side... It's rent free, <laughs> you know. I can save some money. I'm still going to be doing the remote work, so I can still do that. Yep. It's like all right, and then and then uh, once all that is kind of said and done, then I go to Denver. All right, man. Um, first of all, let me just say, being away out of the country for ten days. Oh. Uh huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, what? Oh. Yeah, you realize how how much you realize how much this shit doesn't matter. Oh my God! Just, uh. yeah, yeah. So coming back into it, here we go. All, All right. right, here we go. Uh, so Congress passes gun control legislation. You know, it's not really legislation. Um, um, it's more <laughs> right. I mean, you know, if you read the bill, if and I have read the bill, um, it's really more like a federal suggestion. Yeah. Because <laughs> because it's really it's really sort of like, okay, we're gonna do these red flag laws if the states want to, and we're gonna do the, the age to, from eighteen to twenty one for states that want to. So it's really not legislation they passed. It's like a great big federal suggestion. So that it appears that they passed legislation, but they didn't actually pass any legislation. That's my that's my opinion on the gun control bill. It's kind of like saying we're going to put some laws that have teeth in place, and it's like they took a, a baby's gummy mouth and stuck one baby tooth in. Like, see, 
Yeah. See, look what we did. Yeah. No, I don't think uh, I don't think it does anything. Quite frankly. Um, yeah. But there are pra- the thing is there are pragmatic solutions out there in the world. They're just not happening from our federal Congress. So. All right. Second one here. The racist Juneteenth sign. <laughs> of Millinocket, Maine. Mm-hmm. This was well. <laughs> yeah, what sorry. did it say? It's, it's, what did it say? It said it said enjoy let your me, collard greens it. It and said, fried chicken. Yeah, I was let like, me read it. Hang on, fucker. Uh, oh shit, where'd the picture go? Ah, hang on. Um, oh, Juneteenth. It's whatever. We're closed. Enjoy your fried chicken and collard greens. Yeah, yeah. It's like Jesus you know. Well, did you read? Christ. Did you read? Did you read Steve <laughs> King, Representative Iowa Representative Steve King's uh, tweet? No. What does an Iowa representative have to say about what shit? What's going well, on in Maine? I mean, Steve Steve King is like one of the most racist pieces of shit in Congress. Unbel- like he's That's weird. He's, he's pushing. He's pushing Strom Thurmond territory now. Oh, not, okay. Not yeah. that old. I mean, he's been. He said, "I spent June. I I spent Juneteenth." hoeing and digging in my yard and imagining what it would be like to be a slave and then wondered what it would be like to be an aborted baby. Oh, my like, God. What I, I mean, like, <laughs> go That's a fuck weird yourself. Turn. Jesus it's the, Christ, I mean, it's dude. the weirdest tweet, but it's like, If you're going to you know, fucking pull a U-turn in the middle of the highway, put your signal on first, bro. Yeah, what but, the but fuck? Here's, here's the thing I think about Juneteenth oh is... It's like the Gay Pride Parade, or for that matter, Memorial Day. I, 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 if it means something to you, then I, then good. No, you know, I, look. But man. if it doesn't, but if it doesn't mean anything to you, shut the fuck up and let people have their Just, day. Well, ultimately, God damn it. You know what? Here's the here's the thing with that statement is because I mentioned something to my dad. My dad was like, "Do you have to work on Monday?" Because I was just like, "How you feeling?" I'm like, oh, "I'm still pissed yeah. out of my ass." Uh, He's like, can you take the, the, this was on Father's Day. And he's like, can you take the day off Monday? I said, well, we're closed on Monday for, he's like, why? I said, for Juneteenth. He's like, oh God. I'm like, what? First of all, dad, what's your fucking problem? Who does it everyone? It gives everyone a holiday. Shut the fuck up. Second of all, and most importantly, it's an actual day of freedom that did not exist on July 4th, 1770 or whatever the the fuck day it was. Jesus. You can have whatever meaning you want to assign to it, but the fact of the matter the is the way is there. Look, it's when well, all of yeah, Americans it's, were free. It's, it, well, no, actually, they were already free, and they well, it was they didn't the, know it though. But exactly, all right. But my so favorite, knowledge is my, power. But to me, to me, and this, I, I actually had a discussion with a guy, uh, one of my Republican friends here in Vegas, um, and he was kind of bemoaning and bitching about Juneteenth, and I was like, cares? I said, I, mean, I said, dude, I said, uh, dude. Black Americans now have February and one day in June. Shut the, Shut fuck, the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Give it a, you know, they should, they, could, they should get at least a couple more fucking God, days. It's just so God fucking damn. stupid. Yeah, everybody calm the fuck down. There's calm the fuck down. It's, it's it a hurt good you. thing. It doesn't, it's it doesn't a good thing you. that causes very little even if. To, no, nothing. Even if you no d- even if you don't think it's a good thing, even if you, even if you think it's a stupid even, woke, even whatever, the racists get the day does, off. Yeah, the thing about it is, even if it doesn't hurt you, yeah. it does not cause you any pain. It doesn't affect you in fucking any way other than that you can't go to the bank. 
Shut the fuck up. And guess what? Most of you fucking racists have no need to go to the bank. You broke-ass motherfuckers. Because racists are poor people. Look what I did there. All right. Uh, Everyone poor is racist. How about that? (laughs) There you go. All right. I I actually would say that's probably more true than you think. Look, And I don't think it's just white supremacy. Not all all poor poor people people are racist. Yes, they are. But many racists are poor people. (laughs) <laughs> nice all right nice logical twist uh, the next one <laughs> the unfolding and stinky onion of what really happened in uvalde uvalde oh god damn yeah th- th- this this is such a it's such <laughs> what the fuck this is this is all if, if if it hadn't resulted in in the fucking death of so many kids this would be like a fucking stanley kubrick Satire. It's so it's, ridiculous. It's the Keystone it's, Cops. It's the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> it's Police it's Academy. Biggest, <laughs> it is. It is the biggest, most comical bunch of fuck ups ever, ever, anywhere, anywhere. You know, and I don't, I'm not going to judge all policing based on these fucking rubes any more than I'm going to base all Southern sheriffs on fucking Buford T. Pusser. But... So, you know. Your boss hog from fucking, you know. I, yeah, I know you. I know you. You love you love to paint the police as all one thing, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not going down that road. But these guys, whatever you say, these guys were f- fucking morons. This like fucking morons. this chief of police was elected like three days before the shooting happened. Was elected yeah. to city council or something because he was mm-hmm. beloved. Like he was a great guy. How he hasn't eaten his gun yet is. Beyond me, I, you know, I, I did because and he, well, no, it's not beyond me. Here's why he hasn't done it, because he doesn't fucking care. He doesn't actually care about his failure, and no. how his cowardice and his failure and his stupidity caused this horrible thing to happen. And he's just gonna fucking like sit there and be like, I don't know, I, yeah, I couldn't unlock the door that was already open. Yeah, I know. No, I, I, I read. I've read all of it and seen some of the video. Yeah. Well, the thing, and I think part of our problem is that that the the worst thing that you can do in this country. I mean, it is the maybe in society at large, the single worst thing you can do in this country is make a a, a bad mistake, because if you make a bad mistake. We don't want you to. We don't want Don, you to own up to it. Wait a we minute. Don't want this you to is own not up. cancel no, we culture. We don't know. That's not cancel culture. What I'm saying is, we. Uh, this is before cancel culture. Admitting, no one wants to admit they're wrong, because if you admit you're wrong, well, then you're wrong about everything. Bullshit. And it and works. We want Reagan. Ev- Reagan admitted he was wrong. No, he didn't. He absolutely did. When he came on here, he's like, I thought what I told you, I wasn't yeah, trading threw, arms for money or whatever the fuck that threw, was. He threw Oliver North under the fucking bus. Doesn't matter. He admitted fault. That's how we saw it. We love the guy. Clinton eventually did the same thing. His his ratings went up. It happens. Uh, oh, Nixon resigning was the best move for him. Yeah. I disagree. Admit you're Making wrong. Making a mistake. We will admit you're wrong. And then, and then, you know, and that's what I think. It's like, admit you're wrong. Know for a fact that no one on on the most strident is they're going to have any kind of compassion or forgiveness. Nobody's, and I'm not saying that, that these guys. Basically, these guys should not be working as police. They should no. they should all stand up and he's say he's still he's still in charge of the police. He still and, holds his and, position, and that's the problem because he's not going to admit he's wrong because it means we don't want him just to quit the job. We don't want to get him out of the job. We want him to go to prison for life. 
and that is that's that's the price of being wrong in this country. Well, I don't I don't want him to go to prison for life because he didn't do anything illegal. What I want him to do is admit that he fucked up. Well, yeah, and he won't because he's a coward. All right. I don't think it's uh, cowardice. I think that might be part of it, but I don't think it's all, all cowardice. I think he made it very clear that he's a coward by not acting well, on his stuff. He's, he's well, a coward. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's a, a coward. coward. I, I think he's incompetent, and I think that's different. I think he's an incompetent coward. I just, there you go. I do. All right. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Uh, all right. So number four, polio is back in the UK. <laughs> yeah. You know, it... This this is that situation where uh, where where we just are hubris. We believe that we are the end all be all in this planet, and nature nature is built. Nature has always been built to fucking destroy us, on mass in waves. It's 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 the fucking Afghanistan earthquake. It's not like the earthquake happened because of anything they did. It just happened because the planet decided, you know, and like it decided. It just happened. Yeah. <laughs> nature is desi- nature is designed by default to eat us alive and kill us. That's what it does. So the idea that that polio's back doesn't shock me. That monkeypox is is back, which is basically a sexually transmitted disease, and you know nobody's doing anything about that. It's like you know. I don't. I don't think it's Mother Earth. I think this is. Um Disney got the rights to polio, <laughs> and they brought it back just the same way they brought Palpatine back because we have no other ideas. Fuck we, it. Yeah. Let's bring yeah, back all the shit that everyone's familiar Let's with. It makes some, no goddamn yeah. sense, but over. Yeah, right. right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck Disney. All right. The gas tax holiday. It's, you know, it's another... It's another wonderful suggestion mm. because the fact is, I mean, I know, I know in Nevada, I read this this morning that even if, even if, um, you know, they, they pass a gas holiday, a gas tax holiday, <laughs> pass gas, yeah, yeah, even if they pass that in Nevada, and I don't know about any other state, but in Nevada, it's in the Constitution that if they, if that happens, they will, they will raise the taxes through the state. It's just automatic. Right. So like it, yeah. again, it, it's it's what what I see the gas tax morat or whatever the holiday is is literally Biden has a twenty nine percent approval rating right now, <laughs> yeah. and Democrats are going to. It doesn't matter that they've got the January sixth. Democrats are going to lose on. A, Everything a, a historic <laughs> and a historic level. It's going to be such a fucking bloodbath for Democrats. Nobody's going to know how to handle it. And they're doing anything and everything they can think of to say, hey, we're trying to do nice things. And, you know, regardless of the fact that he's actually been a pretty effective president in so many other ways. He has been, yeah. This, I mean, he's really done a lot of really very good things. It's just that the stuff that we want to piss and moan about are the things he's not getting done. Yeah. and uh, Or the things that he's doing that some people really hate. And it's like, all right. You know, I mean, it's like... Okay. I mean, yeah. he, you know, yeah. the thing about it is like he announced he announced the gas act. You know what he did the same day? What? He's prioritized in the federal banking system to prioritize minority-owned banks and give them A-plus credit ratings with help 
so that they actually get more of the money and can then loan more of the money to minorities. That is a long overdue fix. But nobody's talking about that. Yeah. That is a fucking overall goddamn good. Wow. That's it, it. Ain't reparations, but it's we're we're getting in that direction. That is a wow. fucking brilliant move. But nobody's talking about that because everybody's pissed off because gas costs five dollars. You know so what that's though? What they in a way, with. that's kind of a good thing because think of how that would rile up the right. Like maybe, let the, let the good. Let the good yeah. go by unnoticed. Jesus. Yeah, maybe and you know? and maybe that's it. But it's it's not going to help the Democrats uh, in this midterm election because they're just going to shake this. So that's it, what I that think. That wouldn't the help them tax, anyway. That would the gas tax was. It, it, you know what it was? It was uh, when Carl Castle had his birthday, and uh, and and uh, the producer, the main producer, said, "Yeah, Don, go get some jewel cupcakes." Mm-hmm. And I argued with him because they said, I'll, I'll, if I get jewel cupcakes, nobody's going to remember." that we gave them free cupcakes, they're going to remember that NPR gave them the cheapest fucking cupcakes we could find. Yeah. So I talked them into spending a lot more money and we got Sugar Bliss cupcakes and everybody remembered those. But it's still, we're just going to give you, we're going to just going to give you a weekend. <laughs> it's like, it's not even a gas, it's not a, it's no. not like we're going to rescind the gas tax for the next three months while shit's just kicking our ass and the recession's coming. It's jewel um, cupcakes. It's, it's, it's three, <laughs> it's jewel fucking cupcakes. It's a three day holiday where you don't have to pay gas tax. Are you fucking nuts? Yeah. I don't even need gas this week. Like I'm pretty much pathetic. It's fucking pathetic. And so that's what I, that's my, my reaction to that. (laughs) All right. The last, last headline this week is the late show with Stephen Colbert gets arrested on Capitol Hill. (laughs) 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 Or detained on Capitol Hill, whatever it no, they were arrested. Yeah. I think they were arrested. They were arrested and yeah. I loved Colbert's Colbert's thing is that they were charged with puppetry. Yeah. Which I thought was a funny was a funny thing. Um, it was Smigel. And so of course, all I really hope, and I don't know if this is the case, but all I really hope is that when Smigel was arrested and for the entire time that he was incarcerated, he just did triumph. He played he triumph. Never, yeah. He never spoke as himself. He just he did, 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 did triumph and insulted the federal cops. That would fucking be funnier than shit. You gotta try this toilet bowl whiskey, man. <laughs> All right, my first thing is a watch. God, I'm excited for this show. It's I've promoted it before. It's space nerdy fucking dork shit but god damn it watch it's on apple plus or uh yeah apple plus um for all mankind it's back season oh, three yeah. it's taking place in the 1990s um right now it's, it's 1992 bill clinton is running against one of our characters uh-huh. who is secretly gay married to, she's a secretly gay woman married to a secretly gay man ah uh, just and like shit gets literally shit gets heavy in the first episode I've, oh, yeah. For All Mankind. A lot of fun. Yeah, I like For All Mankind. All right, my first thing is also a watch, and I have not seen it, but I have no reason to believe that I am not 100% right in my recommendation. It opened <laughs> It opened this weekend. Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Fucking see that shit. This looks so goddamn good, I cannot stand I've it. Read, I'm, I want to take Grandma to see it, because, you know, Grandma's a huge Elvis fan. Yeah, I knew that. And, and Mom. Uh, but who's going to watch my kid? Um, I, I've, I've, I've started to hear some mixed reviews come out of it. Look, Lisa Marie Presley said it was great, so it 
must. I just think I just think great. it's it's Tom Tom Hanks is Colonel Parker. It's yeah. Baz Luhrmann, and I love everything he does. Yeah, and this kid, I've seen this kid uh, like on some of the talk shows do his his graduated Elvis. Impression. His Elvis this guy is. is He's incredible. It's dead fucking I've, I've It's heard, extraordinary. I've, the reviews that I've read, from, and again, I'm going to see it, and I'm excited to yeah, see oh it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'll love it either way, because I love, even a shitty biopic I love. You know, like, yeah, yeah, especially, yeah, like I'm, I'm music that I love. It. Like, come on, how do you go wrong? But I've, I, yeah. I've understood it as, like, the story is just a little disjointed. But I, look, man. I'm fine with that. We'll see. Of course you I'm, are. It's Baz Luhrmann. It's Baz yeah. Luhrmann. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. All right, uh, my next thing is another watch on Apple Plus or Apple TV. What the fuck is it called? Apple Plus, right? It's called Apple Plus, Jesus, yeah. why am I I'm having a thing? Um, physical with Rose Byrne is back. It's so good. It's so good. It's, it's so, so funny. She, it's so it's weird, so, so fucking, funny. Yeah. So very, very well done. interesting. Such a great period piece. Um, and, like, Rose Byrne is just... So talented. She's so talented and so hot. (laughs) But here, well, here's the funniest thing about physical that I think is funny is it's it's a. I mean, it ostensibly is not about aerobics. It's not about aerobics. It's about uh, body image. It's about the voice in your head. It's about all that kind of stuff. But for a for it's a a psychological thriller for a a show that for a show that that spends so much time talking about aerobics, I think maybe in the entire first season there was literally like four minutes of actual aerobics done. That's all I need. Oh, uh, you know, it's not like, uh, mm. what was, what was the fucking movie with Jamie Lee Curtis and, uh, John revolting, uh, John physical? revolting. Yeah. Yeah. Physical. <laughs> I or perfect. Known. It's called perfect. It's called perfect. And it's, oh, he, God, she's an aerobic. That movie. She's an aerobic. Oh, she looks hot in that. But there's like, that's a movie. It's like a two hour movie. Dude, there's Jamie like 20, Lee Curtis looks hot in her yogurt like 20, commercials. Yeah, there's like 25 minutes of just aerobics in this fucking movie. Like 25 right. minutes. Of no, 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 like nothing going on in the movie that's forwarding just, the plot other it. than it's we're going to watch these fuckers do aerobics. And it's like and I wish I wish for for uh, physical there might be a little bit more time spent in the aerobics. My yeah. second right. thing, my second thing is a read. Um, it is in the New York Times from June 14th, and it was one that did not get the headline, and I actually found it and went, holy fuck. It is a very long article. It's a long read. It is called How Houston Moved 25,000 People from the Streets into Homes of Their Own. And it is an example, as exactly what we were talking mm. about earlier, it is an example of a city actually solving a problem, like legitimately They've reduced their homelessness. They've reduced their homeless population by 63%. And these people are in homes. And these people have been in homes. And most of them have been in the same homes for the last two years. They're getting their lives back. And uh, you got to read the article. But one of the things I thought was most interesting was basically the city came in and said, the reason we're not getting anything done is that we've got all these nonprofits, charitable organizations, and and businesses, and they're all trying to solve it their way. Yeah. And so they they yeah. came in and said, "Fuck you guys! You're we're creating a coalition, and you're all working for us. Mm-hmm. And if you're not working for us, we're taking away your fucking charter because there is one way we're going to solve this, and the only way is if we're all working on this in the same direction." Focusing on the problem, not focusing on who gets the dollars or the credit. This is what we're going to do. And they have reduced home in Houston. 
Wow. They had a huge homelessness wow. problem. Yeah. Reduced it by 63% in perpetuity. That's fucking amazing. That so is it's amazing. called how, how Houston moved 25,000 people from the streets into homes of their own. New York Times, June 14th is when it was uh, published. Wow. Uh, my next thing and my last thing is a, it's a don't. And I want to talk more about this later because I have a lot okay. to say about it. It's on Disney+. Plus. But don't fucking watch it, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I finished it today. That's unfortunate. No, the, the thing I, about it is, I think you're right. You're right. I, I, I don't think I, I don't hate it with the same, I don't hate it with the same level that you do, but it is wholly unnecessary. Um, missed opportunity. It, it was a huge missed opportunity. Um, the storyline was too complicated. The character of Reva, whether you like the actor or not, was unnecessary. It was unnecessary to have her in the story, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it just uh, just uh, yeah. I watched the finale today and just kind of like, well, I knew I knew I knew it was not going to be a great experience because I really didn't want to watch the finale because I wasn't that jacked up about it. I don't think and, I, and, I still have to force myself through the second half of episode three and the rest because it's just so fucking terrible it's it's actually not worth your time don't worry about it you, you're not going to enjoy it my third thing is uh is based on it's a matt iglesias and you can either like him or not but uh he, he has a, a substack called slowboring.com and uh did you hear the news about i'm surprised you didn't say it, about the 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 google guy that said the uh chat bot was sentient no <laughs> Google fired a guy because he came out and said that the Lambda chatbot was sentient, <laughs> that it was AI, that it, was, it had gained consciousness, right? And uh, Matt Iglesias writes this really long piece. It's called, We're Asking the Wrong Question About AI Sentience. This is a line from the, from the thing he said. I think the real question isn't whether Lambda is sentient. Clearly, no but whether you, whether you have any firm basis for the belief that you are sentient and not just a really good pattern matching machine. <laughs> and it's a good, it's a really great, it's a great article. Oh it's God. very funny. And that's the show. Thanks for that listening. Is the show. I'm so happy to be back and see your face and yeah, talk to you. Back. Um, but I've, I have to run because I literally, I literally might shit my pants right now. This shit ain't over. That means- well then, I I just want to keep talking because I want to because I would Tom, like to I record go. you shitting your face. I would love to record you. I will tell a you, I am a pants. stronger man than I was when I left this country a week and a half ago because <laughs> I did things I never thought I would do. I shit on an airplane twice in Whoa. flight. Whoa! Yeah, and it's it that shit changes a man. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Ape Cast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.